All right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor. I got my co-host, Jaden, here. Yee. And former guest, Calvin. Thanks for having me back. And uh, we're uh, continuing Midsummer with our part two. Very excited. Uh, I think we said this in Hereditary, our part two of that. It's like, if we're really fond of something, that's when you get a part two of it. So <laughs> this is like diving deeper, uh, a lot of the subtext, symbols, motifs, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm ready to get this one going. Yeah, we were. I was thinking of doing a part three, and then I was like, I no, I don't want to do more work. Two is good. <laughs> I think you really just want to do like a lecture on rune runic symbols and stuff like that like, <laughs> i have so much material I think now this is like secretly your way to introduce that and like you no i really just want to teach people about runes yeah exactly <laughs> so the real heart of this movie <laughs> all right which we do have a section on that which i'm interested to get into I, i'm sure i'm sure you picked out some good stuff for that so yeah and i'll try and keep it interesting it's like three pages on it's, the script you sent lot, us <laughs> of, I, but i also like I, I copied all of the the runes on there so we could see them sort of like i'm just saying like t-balls like no one knows what so at least now we know you don't look at me like i'm stupid yeah for like however long <laughs> i go on about this we should have so sent out a pamphlet with the podcast that way everyone has like the material to follow along with you know yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, we could always just link my my script right no, no, because then everyone will know our secrets. Yeah, our all the secrets. other podcasters will yeah. be like, "Oh, that's how they do it." Yeah, the secret—it's it's a seven-page script, and where a lot of it is about El- the Elder Futh arc. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, the first episode we talked a lot about like uh, the camera work, the sound. Um, talked about the characters. So yeah, let's get more into the subtext and other stuff that's going on in this film. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I do want to know first off what you guys thought of the bear like the as a motif like we see it in a lot of images it's in it's in paintings it's there's a literal bear christian gets put in the skin there's a painting of it in steve's house when uh christian goes to talk to steve about uh mating with maya how do those things strike you uh this might sound like kind of silly um but I, I i think of that movie brother bear when i think of bears a lot hell at yeah least, that at least in awesome. terms of in terms of like an archetype, not as like just a animal that exists on this planet, when I think of it and how it can like work in stories, I think a lot of that like kind of how like Native Americans interpret like how animals work in their stories and they all have like this like kind of spiritual meaning behind them. So I kind of think about stuff like that. Like I think the bear showing up in this is more, it has like kind of more of a mystical feel to it rather than like a, this is just a bear that we're going to use later in a ritual. Like it feels like it means something more to like that culture. And so I, I think about that when I think of the bear in this. Yeah, pretty much the same. I don't know what it means or anything like that, but okay. I obviously means it's something important to them. Yeah, okay. So this will this will be, when I get into this, we'll, it'll start to blow your mind because this is the fairy tale that I was referring to in part one. Um, so let's start first with our first intro- introduction to uh, the bear, and it's the painting above Danny when she's crying in her bed, and it's that little girl with uh, patting the... Uh, bear on the nose and it's called uh by john bauer and he was a swedish illustrator and painter who died in the early 1900s you pulled that name off so well i'm sure that that's 100 percent accurate yeah i'm not even being sarcastic like, i'm sure that you said that right that was great <laughs> I, I, I love i love the uh the vocal affects of swedish for that reason they're very very fun because they play with a lot of back and front uh mouth sounds so 
Yeah. It's, oh. it's unfortunately <laughs> actually also affecting my Spanish accent sometimes. Like yeah. I'll suddenly have a Swedish accent in when I'm speaking Spanish. And yeah. Calvin's so cultured. I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm so cultured. It's called Wikipedia, yeah. but <laughs> Duolingo, like that's the, <laughs> the totality of my knowledge. Still, it sounds great. Um, uh, but uh, so he did a lot of paintings um, of like uh, Norse folk tales and and things. And so the the like Stockton's Lady Bossa can be best uh, translated. I mean, you will see it translated as poor little bear. Bossa is not bear, though. It is a uh, grunt. And I think that's very interesting when we think of like why it's translated that way and what the actual Swedish word means here, because I don't think there's as much when we translate it into English. I don't think there's as much compassion for this this thing now, right? Uh, poor little bear su- suggests, you know, oh, it's it's not something evil or bad or with any malintent. But with uh, with grunt, it's there's there's a few different connotations here. So I like how there we've started with the foreshadowing of this image um, in Danny's room for the whole of of the movie. And there's actually like there are several instances of in Norwegian um, well Norwegian history, Scandinavian folklore of uh, men uh, adorning bearskins. Um, specifically, you have the berserkers uh, wearing the skins of bears. And those and berserkers were uh, Viking warriors that sought to embody the qualities of the bear and become fierce warriors. And they literally like they were they were terrifying to behold on the battlefield because they fought like actual bears. Um, there's also there's a Swedish death metal band called the Monomarth. Their last album uh, was called Berserker, and it has uh, a man dressed in a bear skin. Oh, like, it's perfect. Yeah, like he's literally like just swatting arrows off. Like so, so there's that. But you also have this idea of um, animals as bridegrooms in certain folk tales. So there are several Norge- Norwegian folk tales that seem to be precursors to Beauty and the Beast. And two such stories being White Bear King Valemon and East of the Sun and West of the Moon. And these stories typically depict the man as being under a witch's curse where he's able to put on and take off the bearskin at appointed times to reveal his manly form. Uh, a couple in particular have the heroine follow the man bear to the witch's house where she is forcing him to marry her. And each time the heroine tries to talk to him, he's been drugged to sleep. Very similar to how Christian is drugged to sleep uh, at the end where they're deciding who all of the sacrifices right. are going to be. And so it's not until the uh, man is warned not to take whatever food or drink is offered him before he goes to bed that they can communicate and conspire to break the curse. And I love here how Midsummer turns all of that on its head. In a lot of these folk tales, the woman is required to go on some sort of journey or perform certain tasks or act as an indentured servant, much like how she was helping the women bake um, uh, at certain points throughout the film. So, so, and to do all of those things so that she can break free the man and they can be together. But here, Danny goes through all of that and can break Christian free of his curse and realizes, no, you're not worth it because what she actually finds is herself with well, a sort of, I think that's the way the interpretation most people come away with. I don't think that's, that's, that's what this is, but a lot of people think of this as being a, a story of independence and self-discovery. Yeah. I like the way you describe the story and it sounds like the Midsummer takes aspects of that. I mean, it's not a copy paste. Like, let me, let me adapt this folktale, but it does seem to have like aspects of that in it. But then it's like, it's missing parts because it just wouldn't make sense in this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I like I like bringing some of those those elements in, and then 
it fits in with like that culture, like that kind of commune there and that kind of that whole Nordic theme to this film. So I like that. Which is interesting considering how this is, um, I mean, in America, I mean, obviously that's, I mean, it wasn't shot in Sweden. We already talked about that, right? It was shot in Hungary. Shot in Hungary, yeah. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a Swedish film, but there are Swedish actors, there are Swedish, um, uh, the Swedish language is spoken, but I would consider this an American film. So it's interesting that they decided that he did decide to use those archetypes and those folk tales as the basis for his stories, knowing that they aren't aren't common for most of the audience that are going to see this film. It's funny that you say it feels like it's like an American film, but you know, it's uh, Swedish people. They said when they went and saw it, they would describe it as like a black comedy, mm. like they. They weren't like offended by it, but they thought like kind of the take on kind of that culture, they thought of it as being like kind of morbidly funny. Like, yeah. oh, that's not really what we do, but this kind of like, <laughs> I just like the idea that we watch this and we're like, oh, like freaking out. Like, this is so disturbing. And they're like, huh, like that's what they think Swedes are like. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's kind of an interesting take that you say it, it's like American, but it's like taking place in Sweden. So, yeah, exactly. So, so there's, uh, so bears are very obviously an interesting thing here. Um, as far as foreshadowing and other things, but I also like the the idea of of nature here as well. Uh, obviously, nature is very big to pagan cultures and specifically to this cult. And we see a lot of those images um, in Danny's apartment at the beginning. Uh, did you did, did either of you like pick up on nature as a motif like uh, before they actually leave for Sweden? Nope. <laughs> I think mostly it's like uh, there's like a bit of like flower imagery is mostly kind of what I picked up on. Yeah. So, I mean, you have like the um, there's flowers in the wallpaper in her parents' house. There's also plants all over Danny's. Danny's apartment is beautifully designed because there's plants everywhere. It's a dope place, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess she does. She has like hanging plants and stuff, too. I guess. Yeah, yeah you are right. Yeah. Paintings with nature or nature themes. Um, and there's also... Um, Oh, I don't want to be the one to spoil it because I think this is like one of your favorite things that you pointed out, Jaden. But yep. at the um, in the, the parents' bedroom, when you first see the, them in the first shot of the film, yeah, there's a flower crown around Danny's picture. Yeah, yeah, which is which is just wonderful. So it reminds me of that scene in Hereditary when you see the image on the post that she whacks her head on. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I thought it was so clever. Like one of the kind of couple times watching it leading up to this I was like oh the flowers on the picture I was like <laughs> I definitely am gonna blow Calvin and Jane's mind and then nope. I think we talked about it before we recorded the first episode and you guys looked at me like yeah duh it's right <laughs> it's in the middle of the frame like, I was like ah oh, crap I suck like, <laughs> I'm a bad movie reviewer <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I do like stuff like that. I, I, I it, when it can pop up in like little clever ways, and yeah, it's, it's very subtle. Yeah. yeah, it's not just like in your face though. Like you have to look for it. I think uh, I do have some issues with uh, some of the way that Ari Aster does it. I, I think it's a little bit hereditary. He does it a couple times in this movie where it's just like he'll let, let the shot linger on something for a little while to like really let you know, like, hey, pay attention to this part. Like, you know, they have the. Uh, Danny gets her medication out of the cabinet and it like holds on the medication for a really long time to let you know that she is on meds. And then uh, after Danny's sister has killed herself, it goes to the laptop and says she has four missed messages from Danny. But it's like literally one scene earlier, we already know that Danny said that like, oh, I left her a bunch of messages. She's not answering. And so just stuff like that. I think he he's so good at making a really clever movie. And then he has a couple shots. I'm just like, what are you doing? We know like just just keep going with your good stuff. And so uh but I think the way he uses the flowers in this kind of in the plants popping up here and there, it does. It like lets you know, like, 
it informs you on what's going to happen later on in the film. And so I think that's him being clever in his filmmaking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely changes if you perceive the way the emails were sent and stuff in a different way. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, like I, personally, I don't think that her sister sent those emails. I suppose we have theories to get into later. Yeah. So, so does, maybe that will change my perspective on that. But so, I just, I just know I, I see scenes like that. I'm like, ah, bummer, man, you were doing yeah. so good. <laughs> so there's a few things in those scenes that, uh, they're, they're the obvious narrative thing um, that you're picking up on, but that's not actually the point in those scenes. So, A, the email's giving you a timestamp as to how many uh, messages had elapsed between um, the last one that Terry sent and the, and the first one that Danny sent. Um, the other important part of that shot is actually showing... Um, is that uh, shot that moves into the room and it shows the yellow hose and Terry's yellow shirt. Yellows and blues are actually really important um, to, uh, I don't pay as much attention to color theory and I don't think there's, um, I could I could necessarily pick anything up on the multiple times unless I'd have to go through the whole film and look just for colors. But yellows and blues are very important as it relates to uh, some of the other themes in the film. But that's part of why that is also there. The other part of why I think we hold on um, Danny taking the medication is because they're sleeping pills. And if you think of, again, how uh, at the end of the film, uh, well, a, a, how Danny had been taking sleeping pills the whole time while they were in Sweden, and then also thinking how now Christian is the one who was put to sleep, again, turning over the, the fairy tale. Man, she totally forgot to bring those with her, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. She asked Josh several times. times yeah. Yeah, yeah if exactly. He, if he can have a couple of his, so. So I think that was, it was it was just showing you specifically, because it was Ativan, um, which I looked up is an anti-anxiety pill and especially helps for sleeping. So that's, I think it's a thematic thing and they wanted you to see specifically which one it was. And it was also because of the mirror there, because obviously we, we talked in part one about the repeated mirror images, so... Yeah, I guess just for me, it lingered too long. Like to be like this. Yeah. This part's really important. Like make sure you, make sure you really capture this moment. So and and again, I don't have a problem with a lot of his shots lingering when they're interesting. But like just hanging on a pill bottle is not visually interesting to me. Uh, but yeah. we can move on from that. I don't want to. I again, I don't have a ton of gripes about this movie. I think I got most of my gripes out in our part one where I described how much I don't like the characters. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's that's honestly like that's about it. Uh, I I don't have. I don't have any more knocks against this movie really at all. Right. And speaking of visually interesting elements, let's talk about like the tapestries and the murals, which is, I think, uh, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, directorial, um, uh, choice that he makes in a hereditary using the, the miniatures and the dioramas and then using a different art form here. Right. Um, we start obviously like here's the whole movie with the first shot of the tapestry, which I think is awesome. I, I don't think it I don't think it cheapens the movie in any way, uh, especially like for a first viewing. I mean, because uh, you don't know what's going on, and then uh, so so throughout the movie, uh, it makes it like a I don't know. It's like not a not like a game, but it's like okay, I remember this image from the tapestry at the beginning. Like, let me see if I can try and find it later. You know, this must be important. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it kind of helps. Not that you need help being engaged in this movie because it 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 really captured me, but it, it definitely helps me. Like, oh, I remember that from from the beginning like and so it's cool to go back and then like on second viewings now i'm more aware and i'm better at picking out those parts again so i yeah i i, I agree with you the, the idea of it being like a that's an example of the movie not being spelled out to me because it's just like neat little set pieces that i get to like then like kind of try to figure out as the movie goes on so i yeah i like the beginning shot what do you think of that one gene i'm i'm a fan of it um i, I think the tapestries all look cool in this 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're weird, funky art. Almost looks like a kid drew them. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, almost like Ruben drew, drew yeah, them Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking finger paint, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, but, no, I like that a lot. I like that it's... I mean, it's obvious, like, what he's doing there. and Like, he's showing you the movie and stuff. But... Um, it's in not like it's a clever way. It's not just like, hey, here's exactly what's going to happen. It's very vague, and it, I does I do think it keeps you intrigued in the movie as well. Yeah, I guess I have trouble figuring out why that part works for me, and then the other kind of obvious stuff doesn't work for me. I I, I don't know. I think maybe yeah. it's just because artistically, like I, I think it's it's neat. It's yeah, like you said, it's, it's there's something visually intriguing about it. It's very loaded too. It's not like yeah. a. You can go back, you can watch this movie two and three and four times and still come back and look at that painting and pick out something slightly different. Yeah. Right. I Yeah. I think maybe that's, that's where I have a, where I notice a change in me, like why I can view one is like, this is boring and like, I get it. And the other one is like, oh, like, let me search this further. And maybe that's, that's probably why it's like, like Jaden said, it's, it's a weirdly, really kind of weird style. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. Like yeah. you, you know, it's not like these like really like classic paintings or something you'd see it's not like very well done it does seem like like you said kind of childish in a yeah, way like, yeah like if a very talented like four-year-old did this yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like this is going on the fridge yeah <laughs> absolutely so what do we think then about the love potion mural um or uh tapestry the one right when uh simon and connie are led away and they they ask are we just not going to say anything about the bear right right yeah i love that they don't <laughs> yeah just yeah do. um it's gross there's that. Yeah. Um, it's disgusting, but it is like it works well. And then it, the scene where he does get uh, the love potion in his drink or whatever, and in his food, is a little bit over the top. I think, like as far as like, because okay, we, we just that. saw this, like what exactly what's going to happen? You don't have to spell it out so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's gross, and it makes me very uncomfortable. And I think that's a part of it. So yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree with Jaden. My problem is not the tapestry at all. Like I'm because. That's again. It's like the beginning of the movie. I'm like, ooh, like how is this gonna play out? Like, yeah. okay, I'm interested now. And then it plays out in the most obvious way. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, like there's I, a little leaf on his plate too to make sure, like, oh, make sure we get it to him. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think that could have been so much better. Like, if the, the camera has like all of the all your characters in frame, and like he takes a bite, and you just see him kind of in the background, like pull a hair out yeah, of his mouth uh-huh. and be like, make a face, and then kind of move on from yeah. it. And then you get like a wide shot of all their drinks and you notice his is like a little more red, a little more yeah. pink than the other one. That's like all you need. Well, and then they're they like, a big, is that a yeah. pube? Like, yeah. how the fuck yeah. do you know that right off the bat? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he has a beard. Yeah. Like it that's could, why. And it's red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it could have been your own. Th- yeah. 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 Okay. So like I have a beard and for a while I had a German shepherd. Like my first assumption was it was probably from, from my me. face yeah, exactly. or my dog, yeah. not someone's genitals like just the first thing that's a pube like what how do you know that man but i think i agree like i think i think what you're saying connor i wouldn't have anybody react i wouldn't focus too much on the cup i would take the tapestry out though because i think there are enough subtle clues that we kind of because we already know like from that scene we have maya uh in focus at certain times looking at christian we uh, already have established that Maya is in love with him because uh, this is before she's approved a mate, but she's put the rune underneath him. Obviously, we see her looking at him. She kicks him a couple times. All of that is built into um, that scene already. So we don't need the tapestry to really explain what necessarily is going on. We can just kind of assume, okay, his, his glass is a different color. Something's in it and a pube and he pulls something out of his out of his mouth. Could be could be anything. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of goofy in that way. Um, 
how do you not notice that your drink is like red and yeah, everyone else's yeah. isn't? Yeah, exactly. Like pick a different color drink for that night, like maybe tea or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> I think it, yeah, it, if people yeah. just like taking a sip or something and then like, whoa, this tastes fucking weird. Yeah, just subtle yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, like, oh, I didn't know you guys served iron with all your lemonade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it'd be good to like... Just, iron aid. <laughs> I think those those scenes all work better, like you said, Calvin, like maybe if there is no tapestry and you just see little subtle things, or if you see the tapestry and then just the way the whole scene plays out, if it's just subtle, like maybe don't even have Christian, like don't even have him in like the the center of the frame, have him like off to the side and have him doing that. Like, yeah. That's yeah. what I like about this movie is like being able to go back through it and pick things out that I missed on previous viewings. And this scene, I think, could have been, like, really clever in that way. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, you're really on the nose on this one. Yeah. yeah. And not only that is it on the nose and it's it's kind of annoying, it also doesn't matter to the plot. We don't actually need to know that this is happening. because yeah, he's already a piece of shit. Yeah, he's A, already a piece of shit. Yeah. B, it has nothing to do with whether or not he's approved to mate with Maya or not. Yeah. Like, the, the plot would go forward the exact same because what's actually happening and then they like, drug him later too before he does the thing so it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. yeah exactly and they're all and it's just it's just them fighting infighting between the four of them that's yeah. the whole point of that scene yeah so yep yeah, loading that in there and making it more the point of than rather than all of the interpersonal disagreements is which i almost forget about yeah yeah you forget about it which is just like oh gross period blood in your drink yeah, yeah exactly so that I, was a that was a long meander from tapestries <laughs> in short i like the tapestries um there's one more they have a lot of really cool um like paintings and imagery in the uh like kind of the big barn yeah like sleeping the quarters they have the yeah. spring barn the children yeah. barn. i say barn that's actually the that's actually the word for child in swedish is barn really <laughs> so yeah so the barn barn <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope they call it that <laughs> Uh, and that's with the script. That's just genius. <laughs> this movie writes itself. Yeah. I like, um, again, I don't know how much all of it is directly uh, supposed to be taken as like, this is the story the same way the other tapestries are. But I think there's like some interesting stuff. Like Jane, Jane pointed out uh, a couple of things that I didn't even notice. Yeah. Like, uh, so above Danny and Christian's bed, it like shows you what's going to happen to them at the end of the movie. It has the love scene with like the love scene involving Christian towards the end. And then the May queen scene with Danny. And those are above their beds. Oh, that's, yeah. I missed those. There yeah. was one other one I saw that the, it shows a ritual where someone's cutting their hand. Yeah. That one isn't, um, actually represented in the film. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, I remember my first viewing, I was like, Oh, that's going to happen. Yeah. And it doesn't. Yeah. And I can kind of explain what I think some of those runes mean there later, yeah. but yeah, that one's, it's it's weird that that's why I didn't pick up on a lot of those other ones because yeah. they felt like they were superfluous. Yeah. Well, I, and like, hey, there's like nothing above Josh's bed. Mm. Like, there's no tapestry. Like, that's it's because blank. It's because he literally does not matter. Yes, he's a plot device. Yeah. Like we're, and we're not show marks either because like who cares? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I actually think his mother's probably the fool, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I like I like that scene a lot, or like all the art in it a lot because it makes me think. Um, I'm assuming these people have many, many different rituals, not just the one that we see in this film. And so I like to think in in my head, like my own canon for this is these are all different rituals that they do. We just don't understand them. We don't know the context for any of them yeah. um, because it's not what this film isn't covering those rituals. But that's what I like to think is like, this is like their history and their culture, like all painted into this barn. Oh, nice. And, and like, the idea of like you know, let's get the midsummer spinoffs. Where we I was about to say, it's yeah. literally the blueprint for the MCU, the yeah. midsummer cinematic universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's a summer blockbuster. I would sit down for. Uh, but yeah, that's when I, when I see all that art, I'm like, oh, there's like 
there's like rich culture here and it's all depicted like you know it's in their like living space and yeah. i think it's really cool I, I i like again i i think that's all a lot of visually interesting art in this and that's why i do like the tapestries and a lot of the imagery in that yeah. even though some of it seems on the nose I think it's like dealt with in a cool enough way that I'm like intrigued by it. Yeah. And so some of it is on the nose and I think there's the subtle part actually comes from the the runes. And so I did uh, a lot of research into the Elder Futh arc, which is what uh, Pella um, tells them is the the runic alphabet that they use. And the Elder Futh arc is, I mean, it's a lot of fun because it's uh, a runic alphabet that uh, represents in, individual phonemes, so the the sounds, but they also have symbolic representations, and this is especially true for modern interpretations of these character uh, of these characters, specifically within certain occult and mystic circles. So another element of the fun is that they can have opposite meanings when depicted in an in inverse position. And I say fun because it's it's fun in the sense of like uh, etymology and like. Uh, you know, literary, you know, academic research. Yeah. In, if you're a nerd, it's fun. Well, what I mean no, is like, kidding. well, what I mean is like <laughs> a lot of these uh, symbols have been co-opted for white supremacist groups. Oh, snap. Yeah. yeah okay. So that's why I mean like less fuck fun. Yeah, Those everybody, people. Much yeah, less fun. All of the people that are sitting there like, wow, this idiot thinks this shit is fun. Um, so no, I, I'm aware terrible that Terrible like, people do terrible things with not terrible things. Yeah. So a lot of this stuff has been a, uh, a draft uh, brought into to like Nazi occultism, uh, there are white supremacist groups who use the symbol of Tiwas, which is the arrow pointing up, yeah. representing the god Tyr. There's a lot of uh, like Odinists that use um, these symbols as well. What is an Odinist? An Odinist is like a uh, Scandinavian white nationalist. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yep. yeah. Odinist sounds like something that shouldn't suck. Yeah, so it, it does. Right? And I'm that's, kind of, that's a bummer. I'm kind of bummed that it's co-op. You guys suck that. for taking that name. Yeah, pieces of shit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So this is fun in an academic right, right research thing. So let's keep all of that in mind. So let's start with the. I think the first one that we see um, uh, is the most obvious. It's the table um, when everyone's sitting on just before the at the stupa. Um, uh, where Pelly's drawing the table. Is that what you're talking? About? No, 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 no. Okay, where okay. everyone's sit, sitting, sitting down, yeah, seated okay. down. So, so it's like top down shot of the yeah, table, yeah. yeah and it's, it's literally. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's like a diamond with legs, and that's called othala, and it's uh, inherited property. Property, and in this case, uh, it's more the idea of inherited rituals. So, um, and the little fun fact about et stupa is it literally is uh, the means. Um, kin or clan or precipice and so at the stupa is a ritual scenicide or the killing of the elderly and there are a few mentions of the practice in writings from nordic antiquity and now it's commonly used to refer to several cliffs found in norway sweden and iceland oh that is dude that's a great fun fact isn't that is that's just so much fun in like a horribly morbid way <laughs> yeah it's stupid you supplanted me as fun fact guy that was great that's, that's <laughs> the best one that's really good it's been a whole week on this wikipedia page <laughs> i really like what you say about inherited rituals because you could see that as like all of your characters who show up with kind of their i guess like their swedish guide that's mm -hmm. brought them there because it's not just you know danny and her crew there's other people like Simon showed up with his girlfriend and it seems like there's people from outside. There, there seems like there's a lot of people. They I have a of, real big problem with that. They kind of all like, go away somewhere. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they ate them all, kind yeah, of. Right. But like, <laughs> but like inheriting, inheriting is like something that's given to you, like something that's like put upon you. And so it's like... Or indoctrinated into. Yeah. So it's like, it, to me, you could see them like them arriving here. It's like they, they're being kind of assimilated into this ritual. 
you know, it's it's being put onto them. They're like inheriting kind of this aspect of the culture in a way. I mm, think I wouldn't think of them as it. More of the the everybody else uh, at the table. They're kind of sitting down to be a part of it, but it's how Etastupa passes down. Uh, to the next generation how Steve talks about like when it's my turn I will gladly give my life too okay well I think (laughs) I like that idea though it's like uh you know maybe it's not something that you knew was coming to you and you you get to be a part of it you get to have this thing and so like they didn't know maybe they were going to be a part of all this stuff so I I, maybe maybe my way of using the word inherited is just uh maybe I'm being a little liberal with it uh, but I, I kind of like the idea. I, I didn't think of it until just now. I just like that phrasing, and I think it kind of works like kind of for that idea. Yeah. All right. What other runes you got? Uh, so then we have uh, also have Algis, which is um, it looks like a Y. The um, dude stuck the landing. That's what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like oh my a, like god, a, it so does. <laughs> yeah, like a little pitchfork. So it's widely agreed in academia that this is not its actual name, um, but it's derived from an Anglo-Saxon rune poem in common Germanic, and it comes from the word for elk. Um, but it in its modern usage, uh, beginning with early 20th century Germanic mysticism, it has come to mean life and in the inverse, death. So when it's upside down and you have the fork pointed down, that means death. So you can think of the support beams for the walkways in the children's house uh, for sure. are yeah. shaped this way. So that's yeah. all life. And then it's also hit, uh, a hidden form in the giant sun entry in the commune. Like, But okay. it's one of the supports for that. And then the inverse algis is one of the symbols on uh, Christian's robe for his sex act with Maya. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the one on his left uh, chest. Yeah. And then Tiwas is the um, the the arrow symbol. Uh, it's the god Tiwas or Tyr. Um, it's associated with masculine power and energy, and it's the other symbol on Christian's robe on the right side. So you can kind of think of like almost like a sacrificial sex thing yep. for christian there um so that's that's fun okay you're already capturing me with these runes i when you sent me the script and everything i'd written i was like okay we're we're gonna let calvin have his little bit here and, <laughs> and i was like he he worked hard and he gets to have his his he gets to be on his soapbox and talk about runes this is actually i don't i shouldn't be surprised that i'm interested in this this is great research <laughs> and and the way you've tied it all into the movie so far like uh, this is really cool actually yeah it's you see isn't it a lot of fun um <laughs> i'm having fun yeah no no I, like i said this is it's a lot of symbols and stuff that like i i don't think i would typically go in and be like because uh, i think i can look deep at a film and be like oh i can understand like what's going on like kind of behind what i'm actually seeing but then to have like this extra level of like this is just even another alphabet that i don't even know and then to like mm-hmm. throw that in and like these are even more symbols that on the surface yeah they just look cool and i know they're nordic and so they fit yeah but to actually have like more background on it is super interesting yeah so like yeah like obviously it's just it's a part of the aesthetic whether or not you care or not about these symbols but i think that it's fun that he he made he clearly did research on all of these because then you also have feu which is wealth or cattle it is like um I don't know. Like, think of the the fletching on an arrow, and it's the half of it. So it's just a line up, and then two lines. I think of it. It's out. an F, a capital F. But the stuff moved down. A little it's a bit. capital F that's looking yeah. up. Oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it like, got uppercut. Yeah. Like, <laughs> something flew over its head. It's like, whoa. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> I want to hope that like one of these descriptions, people are like, okay, I get that one. Yeah. <laughs> right, what right. the fuck are these guys talking about? So, so wealth or cattle. This is the symbol on Pelisfrock at the end. So it suggests that he has gained wealth or station 
person within the community. And I think it can also be interpreted as the as the bringer of cattle, in this case, the sacrifices. Right. Yeah. So I thought that yeah. it's not one. I definitely think like he wins in the end of this. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like, he does. So win. yeah, it, yeah. It, that that makes sense a yeah. lot. Um, then you have Ansus, which is uh, literally means God. Um, so it's an F facing down now. Yeah, it's just it's something crawled past its feet. Yep. Like, whoa, oh, yep. we'll snap. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of the and, F is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so this one appears on Sieve's frock. She's the matriarch uh, who we see throughout the film. It's uh, um, and it's derivative S and Asir, the plural of that, is literally the race of gods that would include Thor and Odin. Okay. So that that's what's on. So you can there's obviously then she's like the god basically incarnate of that. I think there's a lot of interpretations that you can think of Steve's role uh, in the community once you um, understand that that symbol. I yeah. think I had mentioned that I definitely she's like the master of ceremony. She seems like the leader of this group. So to have her kind of I mean and people look up to gods and they you know so I think you could kind of I don't know that I think of her as like. She's not an actual god among the community, but like to look at her as like someone like a, a higher being and like she's in charge. I, I think that that works yeah. out well. Or almost like maybe even like a prophet or yeah. like someone who who can commune, commune with the gods. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And we then, both did the same hand signal like from the heavens. Yeah, down. yeah like, <laughs> we both did the same. Thing. It's all of that that Christian uh, upbringing that <laughs> yeah. now we're channeling into our our, our runic yeah. practices. <laughs> I'm glad all that is being put to good use now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have Rydal, which is just a big r um it means it's literally the deriv- the uh the uh root word for ride that we have in uh english now so it means ride or journey um and you know i, I should also mention that there are lots of interpretations of these runes out there that are like in the mystical realm and stuff these are all the interpretations that i took from a phd on the subject so these are this is literally the etymology of the word so if you're ascribing any particular um uh spiritual uh connotation with these that's not what i'm talking about except for a few of those cases because i think because those actually get lost when we go from the elder futhark to the younger futhark some of these symbols disappear so what we're left with really now with we see them in the film is we're left with whatever kind of Meaning they have now in their modern interpretation, which is different than their etymology. I thought you were going to be like, these are straight from the Wikipedia page, so you know it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I also went you to... You can listen to me. Yeah, no, I, I didn't just copy straight from Wikipedia. I also went to YouTube. So, like, this is like... That's the two most legitimate yeah. forms of research you can yeah. do, so... Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we are we are authorities. <laughs> I'm sure YouTube peer reviewed the Wikipedia page, so everything is accurate. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so Rido is um, it appears on the runestone. There's, there's lots of them at the at the runestone. I'll explain the runestone though, like at the Etestupa. Um, it is also reversed on Danny's portrait from Pella on her dress, and I'll get to that in a moment. Um, and then we also have this concept of bound ro- runes. So bound runes are two runes overlaid to create conjoined meaning. So the most famous example of a bound rune is actually, I, I want to know if you guys can guess what it is. Is it the Bluetooth symbol? It's the Bluetooth symbol. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm so smart. <laughs> Talking, tossing a softball up by handing out the script before we record. No, I, <laughs> I did know that. I can't remember where I learned it, but I was, yeah. like, I was like, why is the Bluetooth symbol so weird? But yeah, it's because it's a... Yeah. So it's a rune. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So these two, those two runes are the transliterations of H and B from the younger, younger Futhark, and they were they were literally the initials of a Danish king who's actually nicknamed Bluetooth. 
That's so cool. Well, yeah. I, want to, I want to have a neat nickname like that. Yeah, exactly. Bluetooth. Yeah. You have a Bluetooth? Well, that's the, they don't know if he uh, so had like a dead, yeah. yeah. They don't know if he had like a dead tooth or if he had, like he really liked the blueberries. Oh. It, yeah. It, That'd be blueberries so are all right, man. Now it's all about wireless connections. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so rad if you can pull off like having a dead tooth and get a cool nickname out of yeah, it. Like, yeah, exactly. That king had all the swag. <laughs> So, so bound runes. Uh, so we have uh, Gebel, which is the X, and that means gift. And then we have the diamond shape, and that means Ingwas, and it represents the god Ingwas, Fror. And Fror was the twin brother of the goddess Freya, and he's associated with virility, prosperity, and good harvest, um, as well as peace and pleasure. And he was represented by a phallic statue in the temple at Uppsala, <laughs> which was a Norse religious center destroyed in the 11th century. <laughs> yeah, you thought you were going to get a whole episode through without talking about penises. No, we, there's no yeah. way we can skip that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and a name derivative of this room is actually of this rune is actually Ingmar, which is interesting when we think when we see Ingmar below the rune in the temple after he volunteered. Oh, you're so right. Oh, yeah. 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 So 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 they're sacrificing themselves as gifts for good harvest, prosperity, virility, penises at all. Like so, that's the whole point. <laughs> it, that's the one that uh, Pele says is his brother, right? That's who Ingmar, Ingmar is. Yeah. yeah. I just he's kind of a smaller character, so just to, like reiterate who he is yeah um, so he's yeah one of the ones uh the the other the larger one the one that gets uh set on fire f- first that's ulf um which is the one who gets mad at mark for peeing on the tree is it i don't think so i'm pretty sure yeah no it is. yeah it's also it, it's also oh, it's supposed the to be blonde fella yeah, yeah it's supposed to be that they're he's, all blonde that's not true <laughs> some of them are less blonde <laughs> he's also supposed to be the one in the mark uh like skin suit okay because he got mad about the tree, so he killed him and then skinned the fool. So gross. <laughs> I mean, I guess you wouldn't know that. I, I think it's uh, Ari Aster said it or something. It, it was in like an interview or something. I read that it is he's the one who did the deed, and yeah. that happens off screen, which is such a bummer. Yeah, and then, and then he shows up uh, with the skin on. So yeah. Okay, and so then our next. Uh, I got, got cast as uh, fuck Adam uh, Adam Warlock, or whatever. Or no. Oh, yeah, Will Poulter. Yeah, he's... uh Something I something. can't remember the freaking comic book character's name now, but... Adam Warlock, like, from Marvel? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it is Adam Warlock. I wasn't wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't For see Guardians that? For Guardians of the Galaxy 3, yeah. Why? <laughs> oh, I hate that. Adam Warlock He kind of is... looks like him in the comics. He's got similar eyebrows, bro. The kid who plays Mark yeah. is going to play from, Adam from Warlock. From Meet the Millers, yeah. who sings the TLC song. From Bandersnatch. Oh man, I don't love that casting. <laughs> Hopefully, they prove me wrong on that one. I, I mean, I think he's fine. I think he does like good because I like uh, what's that road trip one? Uh, Meet the Millers. We're, we're, the, we're Millers. the Millers. Yeah, yeah. I think that one's great. funny. Yeah, and I think he's good in it. He gets bit in the penis. Yeah, and I think he plays his role right in this. I yeah. just I don't know if I like him as Adam Warlock is supposed to be like this all powerful being who like rivals Thanos. Like, yeah. Oh, that definitely screams Will Poulter. That, it's exactly what I'm saying. It's like that. That feels like a miscast. But we'll get back to Midsummer. <laughs> Okay, and so then another symbol that we have is Pjorth, uh, which is like um, like a bracket. It looks like a little bracket with like... It's like a frame clip. 
Yeah. It looks yeah. like a, a coffee staple. table leaned up against a wall. Yeah, or a staple that where the leg's been out. Yeah, where you flip the little thing on there. I love how we all have a different interpretation. It's, <laughs> yeah. Whoever's listening is like, God damn it. <laughs> I love how we're trying to do this. A podcast was the wrong format for this episode. <laughs> That's or it's just like a C with some squiggly lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so the modern meanings of this rune are mystery, hidden things, or uncertain things, which is hilarious to me because... We literally don't know what this rune means. So it's kind of a really self-aware, like, uh, yeah. Like someone was like, it means mysterious things. Yeah. Like, no, it's unknown. That's <laughs> what we were trying. That's why we wrote it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't even know how it's pronounced exactly. So we just, it's, it's pure. Th- yeah. That sounds like something that should be in the English language because it's, we're, it's so crazy. Yeah. And everything yeah. is so like, so much stuff doesn't make sense. We should have a word that's like, we don't even really know how to say it. Everybody <laughs> says it wrong all the time. Yeah, Worcestershire. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Worc- Worc- Worcestershire. <laughs> there, there, sorry, we're going to get up a little bit. There's this really great meme, and it's like a a, 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 tra- a trailer, uh, a semi full of Worcestershire sauce, like tips over on the highway. Police arrive at the scene. They're calling it in, and the, the chief at the station's like, what's going on? What's happening there? He's like, it's hard to say, boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great meme uh, sorry back to the rune that's funny um one other rune i do want to point out um there is a uh josh's foot has a rune carved on the on the sole of it when it's sticking up out of the garden um whether it's carved or painted it doesn't really matter and the most common answer online as to what rune it is is ansus uh which because it means intelligence or knowledge or whatever and that was what he was killed for ansus is the uh the uh rune that um Sieve had on it. Um, I just want to point out that it is not Ansu's. I don't know who the fuck wrote that because it is very clearly not that symbol. But the problem is you can't uh, you can't tell whether it's either there's uh, Dagas, which is like um, uh, an hourglass shape, or Manas, which is like an M, like out of the hourglass shape. And Manas means man, Dagas means day. So neither one of those things really makes sense. It's just his foot has a rune on it. Right. Yeah, it's interesting and cool. Yeah. Yep. So, and if that's how you come away with from all of this stuff, like you know, you probably could have skipped the last very long. This is turning out to be a much longer section. No, I like. I it. like it a lot too. Actually, I'm I, learning a lot, and I'm very intrigued. It's, it is fun, Calvin. Yeah, that's. I know. I, I made fun of you for it. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I feel like I I'm gonna get called out later uh, by you guys, especially because I made such a big deal about like in Hereditary where the 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 coven symbol is on the telephone pole. I'm like, yeah, it's in the middle of the frame. How do you miss it? But then like there's a, I didn't even notice there was a rune carved into his his leg or his foot. Oh, really? And it's yeah. in the middle of the frame. So here I am looking like a <laughs> yeah, idiot. Exactly. So. And it's in red. So I think part of it is I was just like so freaked out by like that imagery. Yeah, his foot growing Cause, up. Because isn't it, it, Chris runs up on it and you just see it like kind of pops up into the foreground. Chris. Yeah. Christian, Christian, that's it. It's Christian. Yeah, <laughs> we're abbreviating. His, he yeah, doesn't, he doesn't we're, get we're a nickname. Pals. We're buds. No, we're not pals yeah. with him. No, um, yeah, nicknames so for I, people we like. Yeah, if anything, I'll call Danny Dan. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> but I think part of that is just like just the imagery is. I'm just like, oh, like creepy, and so I'm not yeah. like really. I didn't really like look for the rune, and I, I'm gonna watch it again and be like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. It's right there. Yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up by saying I have no idea. So. That's, that's fine. Yeah. So that's what that means. So now we're going to get to Danny's runes, um, which are very important. And um, the first time that we're going to start 
uh, well, the first time that you do see uh, reversed runes. So when Pella gives her her self-portrait and on her frock, you see both Raido and Dagas, but you see Raido in reverse. So, um, and then Dagas is only is also, uh, the normal Dagas would be uh, an hourglass turned on its side. So we have Dagas turned upright, and that's actually, well, Dagas literally means day, and it's symbolic. I guess you couldn't like, reverse the hourglass symbol it would look the same both ways so yeah, yeah. and so yeah. that's actually the the thing some people don't think that there is an inversion of that symbol oh, okay. um, because you, it, all of the other ones are uh complete 180s so the fact that it's only 90 degrees how do we ascribe meaning necessarily when all of the other ones have a different form oh okay yeah so, i think it's just kind of intuitive to think of like well we can't yeah, exactly. You can't literally do a 180, so it would, you know, so this is the next best thing. I think you. But could. you you could do 90 degrees with all of the other ones, so that would mean that there are 90. Well, this one probably came out after they had that idea. We're like, we're not going all the way back to the beginning to restart this language. <laughs> They're like, dude. we've written, we've written so many other runes <laughs> yeah. already. So yeah, it means it's uh, means day, and it's symbolic of awakening or planning. And while the inverse and what we see here implies ending or hopelessness, so the bow tie shape being the normal one, and the hourglass is the inversion. And then the inverse of Rido has symbolic meaning, modern day again, uh, meaning of crisis, death, or injustice. So those are her symbols. Um, which I think are are just fascinating. When Those you... spell out her character perfectly. Exactly. Like the 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 two kind of how she starts the film and then how she ends the film. That's like that's beautiful. Well, I wouldn't it's, even it's say how it relates, how it works out that way. Like I mean, obviously, like you said, there's just research that went into these runes. It makes total sense to me. Yeah, and I also think it um, it it says something about the ending. I don't think that there is actual hope or achievement or catharsis in the end for her specific character. But I think people can take that away from this. And we, we, I think we'll get to our more personal uh, interpretations of this after that. Right. Um, after this. Uh, so then we get to the rune stone. And so this has um, everything. So now we can look at, at, the, at this because we know all of them. So it's the one where the woman wipes her bloody hands on it. And it has four. So there are nine runes total. Like, in, like a tic-tac-toe board. So you have four X's or gebos in the corners. The center line is Raido, Raido, Tiwas. So journey, journey, um, journey or ride twice, and then Tir symbol. So he's either the main god that they worship or it's symbolic of masculine energy um, or power or something. At the top, you have the inverted Algis or the death symbol. And at the bottom, you have Pjorth, which has come to mean hidden meaning since we don't know what it means. So taken all together, it says something like they've gone through their journey of life and now give the gift of their life to their god for some secret ritual, which is what Sieve says. So... I don't know if this matters at all. You know, you could just have like cool whatever and they don't mean anything. But the fact that they literally represented it again is kind of fun. No, that second layer is makes it uh, it makes it authentic, you know, because yeah. because yeah. I wonder if you'd have you'd have nerds like you who go back and be like, oh, let me figure out what these runes mean. <laughs> and then if, if you went out and, you know, you figured out what they all mean and then you tell us in this podcast, you're like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They just put random runes on there. Yeah. You're like, oh, bummer. Yeah. It actually just spells out like fuck Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that hidden message, actually. That's yeah, that great. would be. I think that's subtext that everyone could get behind. <laughs> I actually like that. Um, um, but yeah, no, I like that. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's the story. It's just spelt out in another way. And, and, and if you want to dive deeper, which is what this episode's all about, 
I, I love hearing that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, or all of these symbols could just represent the phonemes or the sounds that they make. They could just be everyone's initials. Like Pella has one name and one initial. Steve has one name and one initial. Danny Arder has two names and two initials. Those phonemes are not actually represented, uh, wouldn't be uh, good uh, transliterations into English as they're not D and A. But I don't think that's actually the case here because they're used in too many places as individual symbols and several are shown with their inferred positions. So I think it's better to look at them all symbolically. But I think you could take away from that that these are um, people's names because like when you think of the lo- the little bingo lottery they had, um, the ball that came out for Tubjorn, like it's just a couple runes. So. Right. That one that bit of like having that in the scene, I don't know why that just, it feels like it doesn't fit at all. Because it does. It looks like a bingo thing. Yeah. This is supposed to be some like big time. This is like their big ritual that happens every 90 years. And they're like, let's get the bingo roller out. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and two of is like, oh, bingo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That, that part doesn't fit. I feel like they would use something like more, I don't know, symbolistic, ritualistic, something more like a mystical would happen than like let's yeah get, get the ball get yeah the ball maybe they were just trying to spice this one up man yeah, yeah. yeah. they were maybe like let's get I these bet. kids you know enjoying this game yeah, yeah. Well, i <laughs> i, I, I kind of want to know like how many like things like people brought back from their pil- pilgrimage and they're like you guys gotta play this game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, we can gamble with our lives now <laughs> They're like, you remember that really dumb, convoluted way we used to do lottery? Bingo. Yeah, we we no longer have to bake bones and wait for them to crack. We can just play bingo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like that part now. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> are we are we wrapping up runes? So that's that's all of the. There are more runes. Um, just not a whole lot more that I care about, and I just really wanted to decode the. Um, the rune stone more than anything. I'm kind of sad that that was the least interesting out of all of the runes to actually unpack oh for like me especially anyone who thought that this wasn't going to be worth listening to don't tune out for the ruin part i'll I'll timestamp and everything this is this is super interesting i'm really glad you went through and figured all this out that's so cool i'm so glad because i probably spent like between 10 and 15 hours (laughs) oh my goodness gracious yeah bravo calvin that was great all right so we talked about bears we covered runes which was fascinating yeah definitely didn't ruin the movie for me it didn't ruin the movie Um, that's great uh, so yeah we are gonna make this a three-parter I think we kind of teased at that maybe when we first started yeah I wasn't I wasn't actually I did a lot of research was like no I need I need to be on my soapbox because yeah. like, <laughs> I need some time I didn't think that this was gonna be as com- you would find this as compelling as you did like in in, in a way of engaging with it normally it's that's like fascinating yeah sometimes I say like a lot of stuff and you're like Oh, he's done. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Um, But yeah, so thank you for joining us for part two. We're going to put out a part three, and that's going to cover more like theories, um, some foreshadowing, and then uh, ultimately our our wrap up of the film. So yeah, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Connor. I have my co-host, Jaden. And former guest, Calvin. Thanks for having me back. And thanks for listening to Now This Is Podcasting.